Have you or someone you know already gone through an abortion? She might have been a girlfriend or your wife, just a friend or even your daughter. Maybe you encouraged her to have an abortion or maybe she gave you no choice in the matter. Whatever your level of involvement, the decision has lasting consequences. The struggle with guilt, shame, depression is very real. For men, the emotions are very sharp, painful, and complicated, just as it is for women. It's easy to feel alone, confused, and torn up, but you don't have to struggle alone. There is help. There is hope. And there are answers, so don't go anywhere. Welcome to the Fatherhood Challenge, a movement to awaken and inspire fathers everywhere to take great pride in their role and to challenge society to understand how important fathers are to the stability and culture of their family's environment. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Guerrero. Greetings, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. My guest is Jill Marquis. Jill is the Director of Abortion Recovery and Care. She's also the author of of Reclaiming Fatherhood, a Bible study for men seeking healing after an abortion. Jill, thank you so much for being on the Fatherhood Challenge. Thank you so much for inviting me. It is a pleasure to be here today. Jill, you are heavily involved in helping men find healing after an abortion, but why? Wouldn't most people just say or think that a woman has the most pain because she has the actual abortion? So this is a yes and answer. Yes, the women bear the the physical pain of the abortion. You know, we go through the process, whether it's a medical abortion or a surgical abortion, and it's physically traumatic to the body because truthfully, it's a physical assault on the body of both the woman and certainly on the body of the unborn baby. And there is an emotional and spiritual cost to abortion. And this price is paid by both the woman and the man but we never talk about the men. Pro-choice advocates have effectively spent the last 50 years telling men, honestly, to sit down and shut up, that it's my body and my choice. And quite honestly, this is disingenuous and it's intellectually dishonest. It takes both the woman and the man to create that child. And men have a vested interest in the child's life and the decision to abort. So regardless of his level of participation, that leaves a mark on his life. You talked about the, that men have a vested interest in the pregnancy, in the well-being of that child or whether the child is born or not. What are the numbers on who actually wants the abortion? Are abortions mostly being driven by men or by women and why? In some ways, this is a tricky question to answer because when there are studies that are done on, on women and abortion, um, a lot of time that question is not asked. You know, you're not asked, did he force you? Um, so what I do know is this. CareNet did a study that was published in 2021 of a thousand men with a past abortion. And what that study showed was that men are the primary influencers when it comes to the decision. of men said they talked to their partner about the abortion before making the decision. Okay, so that study also revealed that 42% um, either suggested or strongly urged their partner to have an abortion. So what that tells us is how the man responds is paramount. Um, The study also showed that 31% of men didn't give their partner any advice. 
I don't want men to hear that they force the, the abortion, but they do have the most influence in what she decides. So whether he says, we can do this, we can have this baby, or he says, um, it's up to you, whatever you decide, you know, I'll go along with. Or if he says, we can't do this, let's have the abortion. You know, she's really listening to him. Just, just let me unpack that a little bit more in terms of um, reasons that were given by the men for choosing abortion. 46% said they couldn't afford a baby at the time. 29% said they already had enough kids in the picture. And 24% said they didn't think they wanted a long-term relationship with the mother. So this tells us a whole lot about the psyche of men when they're in this um, situation. It sounds to me like they're, most of those reasons are being driven by primarily by fear. Am I analyzing that correctly? Oh, yes. Yes. When you really dig into the, the reasons, you know, what's driving this, I would absolutely tell you that fear is part of it. Um, the financial aspect of it, the, the social aspect, what are people going to think? And when, when we're operating from that place of fear, gosh, that is a terrible place to make a decision from. So what's behind that fear? Is it really just lack of support or lack of community or a lack of family around them to help them? Is that what's driving that fear? Well, you have to remember that, again, the, the generation of, of young people that abortion really targets, um, you know, they have all been raised with the idea that not only is abortion an option, but it's the first best option. So, you know, they've, they've not known anything else. So when they get in that situation where there is this unplanned pregnancy and they're thinking about things like, um, wait, I want to go to college or I'm, I'm in college. Um, I'm, I, I can't tell my parents. I don't have enough money. Again, those, that's all that fear that comes to the forefront that makes it um, so that they start to move very quickly to make the decision. And, and don't take the time to really unpack, hey, what actually are our, our options here? Let's go a little bit deeper. What are men feeling after the abortion's done? Is it regret? Is it relief? Is it shame? And is it similar to what women feel? The short answer to that question is yes to all of the above. So um, the initial feeling for most people, both men and women, is that feeling of relief. We, we've handled the problem and life can go on. So we have a chart. It's called the relief regret paradigm. And if you can picture this, um, on, the, on the y-axis, so that vertical line, this is your feeling, you know, the abortion decision. So feeling is going on that vertical line and across the horizontal line is the time since you have the abortion. So think about this. You, you've made the decision to have the abortion. You go through with the procedure. You're coming out of the clinic. For most of us, what we're feeling is that relief. So relief is really high and regret is almost non-existent. It really depends on the person. I don't want to say that it's totally non-existent because that's not true. So as time goes on, what happens is that feeling of relief diminishes and the feeling of regret 
increases. And where those two lines cross, that's that moment where both women and men are are thinking, oh my gosh, wow, what have I done? And it's at that point where you can start thinking about what does abortion recovery look like? That's where those of us who are in abortion recovery can step in and help with the process. I'd like to take it a little more personal. There's still something I'm missing about why you're so involved with abortion recovery. What is your own story? I had an abortion in my mid-20s. I had gotten married right out of college, and um, I had an affair and got pregnant. And I was one of those people that, you know, I should not have gotten pregnant. I was on the pill. I was doing, you know, everything that you're supposed to do to not get pregnant, but I did. And um, I was in the process of getting a divorce when I found out that I was pregnant. And to my way of thinking, I could not get divorced if I was pregnant. And so I didn't tell anybody. I made the decision very quickly, completely on my own. Um, This was back in the day when we did not have um, the internet. I am that old. Um, But I, you know, I looked in the, in the phone book and found the closest abortion clinic. I went in, um, you know, made, I made the appointment, went in, paid cash because I didn't want it to be traceable. And, um, had a, had a surgical abortion. And, um, you know, I will tell you that I am living proof of God's mercy and graciousness. Um, I did get divorced. I ended up um, getting married to the man that I had the affair with. Um, it was his child that was aborted. So Dan and I got married. Um, a couple of years later, we got pregnant with the child that we, we both wanted And it was um, during that pregnancy with our son where I came face to face with the reality of what I had done. Um, The enemy is a thief of joy, and he absolutely stole my joy in that pregnancy. I remember seeing the ultrasound for the first time, and I was just so overwhelmed with, oh my gosh, this is our baby. And then I was immediately hit with the thought of, what about the other child? that you didn't have. And, and that feeling, um, stayed with me for a, for a very long time. And, you know, my husband and I have two children, we have a son and a daughter. And, um, when, when our kids were small and they were growing up, I really felt like I kind of held them, um, at arm's length mentally. My husband tells me that he never saw that in me, which is, um, very sweet of him to say, But I always had something in the back of my mind, you know, just kind of thinking, oh, God, please don't take these children away from me. Um, And it wasn't until I really um, got to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior that I knew that I had to deal with the abortion decision. And so um, in my 40s, so probably... 20 years after I had the abortion, did I actually deal with it? And I went through an abortion recovery study that changed my life, brought me face to face with the living God. And when I was able to surrender all of that at the foot of the cross, um, things really changed in my life. The way that I parented, my whole outlook, um, it, it, it all changed for me at that point. The first image you have of God is this is a God who 
uh, who punishes a God who gets revenge. And that's what you were fearing the most, but that doesn't seem at all like what you actually experienced on the other side. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, in going through that healing process, you know, we, and as, as a woman who's chosen abortion, you do sit in that place of shame and condemnation and fear of what somebody is going to say to you in, in going through the healing process. Um, I had to have conversations with my, my kids. And at the time they were, um, our daughter was a middle teen and our son was a little bit of an older teenager and to, um, tell them, you know, that was one of the, one of the, the scariest points in time for me in, in my whole healing process. Um, and my, my kids were so loving and so gracious and, and my husband, you know, was, has been incredible throughout this entire journey. Um, it's just been, it, it's a game changer and it's a game changer for men as well. When the Lord heals you from something like this, um, you know, I, I felt for a, a really long time, I was just kind of sitting on the bench, um, you know, not in the game, you know, as a Christ follower, um, I didn't feel like I could really be involved. You know, again, there was this whole spirit of condemnation and shame. And once the Lord really healed me from that, took that from me, my world changed. Um, I became involved in, in pro-life work, went to work at my local pregnancy center. And um, it, it just, there was just such a huge paradigm shift in, in our family life. God was always so gracious to take my healing even deeper. Every single time he would reveal something new to me about it. Um, when I started my, my time with CareNet, which was just two years ago, the first thing that I did was I went through CareNet's women's abortion recovery study. Um, before I could do anything with that study, before I could revise it or update it, I needed to experience it as a participant. And um, in going through that experience, um, the Lord revealed to me that I was harboring some anger for my husband, which is really interesting. Um, you know, again, I had been doing this work for more than 10 years, and this was the first time I really um, came to grips with that. And so um, I went to my husband and I said, babe, I, gosh, I need to beg your forgiveness. I have been holding this anger for you. I was really afraid that, um, that if I had told you I was pregnant, that you would leave me. And he looked at me and, and just um, said, babe, I would have, I would have done what, what needed to be done. We would have had the baby. I would have never left you. And I had, you know, just this place in my, my mind where I had sold him short all those years. Um, and so anger is a really, really funny thing. Um, and I want to just segue really quickly into anger in men, because as we've been working on the men's recovery study, one of the things that we found is that men who have um, an abortion in their past, that for a lot of them, anger becomes their default position. And it's really interesting. So men are inherently wired to provide and protect. 
And when we choose abortion, when they choose abortion, it goes against that, that basic instinct that God has, has wired them with. Um, and so men, like women, experience something called forbidden grief. This is that, that grief that really society doesn't allow us to experience, to entertain, to deal with. And so for guys, um, it, they default to this position of anger. And what we found, um, there's actually studies that have been done that a lot of times it's easier to be angry than it is to deal with complex emotions. And when we're angry, um, there is a hormone that's released in your brain. It's called norepinephrine and um, it acts as an analgesic. It's a painkiller. So um, it's just easier to be angry. And all of the men that I have worked with have told me, oh yeah, I just, that's, that's the default position. I just kind of walk around ticked off all the time. So are there any other signs uh, that a man has gone through an abortion experience besides anger? Yeah. Um, there's, there's kind of a handful of things that um, you can see in men that have an abortion in their past. They may not have all of them, but most of them have, you know, at least one or two, three of these things. So repressed emotions or numbness, failed relationships, anywhere from a quarter of relationships to three quarters of relationships fail as a result of an abortion decision. Um, sexual difficulties, symptoms that are consistent with post-traumatic stress disorder. So disturbing memories or dreams, intrusive thoughts, you know, avoiding pregnant women or children. Um, for a lot of men, there is a moral pain from making a choice that's outside their worldview of what is right and what is wrong. And then, of course, you know, there's grief, guilt, anxiety, powerlessness, again, that anger. And those things could lead a guy down a path of substance abuse or depression. Um, and then another one could be intimate partner violence, or controlling or coercive behavior. So, again, um, guys with an abortion in their past don't necessarily experience all of these, but there's probably two or three that, that they definitely, as a guy's going through the list, they could check off and be like, oh yeah, that's me. That's me. You know, this is a child that we have lost. Um, and it's a loss for a lot of us that we chose. And so coming to grips with that on an intellectual and an emotional level is really difficult. And I think that without Christ, it, it's, impossible in my opinion. How do couples, let's go to couples. How do couples have a conversation with each other about their past abortion experience? Prayerfully, um, first and foremost. So I'm not a licensed counselor and, you know, I want to be really clear on that. Um, this is a conversation that takes courage and vulnerability. Um, it can be really difficult for a man to open up about a past abortion. He's risking condemnation and rejection. And, um, you know, in both of our women's and our men's abortion recovery study, we, we have a, a chart that we've put together for, for them that, you know, helps them to, to think through, you know, how do I share my story and to who do I share it with and how much information is appropriate to share the people that share their abortion experience 
um, are overwhelmingly met with with love and and with grace. One of the gentlemen that worked with us on the men's study, I had the privilege of working with four guys that are all post-abortive. You know, they spoke into every word of reclaiming fatherhood. And one of the men, a gentleman named Walter, um, Walter's an older guy. He looks a little bit like Santa Claus. Um, He was telling us that um, he had never shared with his wife about his abortion. And here we are working through, you know, this, this study, you know, he's helping write this study with me and these other guys. And, um, he told us, you know, after we got the book finished and we got, got the book launched, he said to, he said to us in a meeting, um, he said, um, I had a conversation with my wife about this. I, you know, I told her, I was like, Hey, you know, this, this big project that I've been working on, here's what it is. You know, I was helping, you know, speak into this men's abortion recovery study. And, you know, that's, that's part of my story. And he said that she looked at him and she said, you know what, that's part of my story too. And this is a couple that's been married for years, for decades. Oh my goodness. And, you know, again, God is so gracious and has brought him and his wife to this deeper level of healing and knowing Christ. I can't help but see the, in my mind, see the story of the woman who was caught in adultery and how Jesus treated her and how he treated everyone else around her. Yes. I have a really, really important question, and I know it's going to be a very important question for listeners. And that is, what exactly does God have to say about those who have had abortions. That's easy. He says, I died for you. There is, there is nothing outside of his love. There's nothing that we can do that would keep us from his love. There are two different narratives. There are two different stories that are going on. And it really goes to what I've said many times before. And that is that, you know, we experience everything physically, but there is a really fierce, fierce battle in the spiritual realm. And this is just proof and evidence of that. And so there are these lies in our head, put in our head and even experienced. And these lies are specifically lying about who God is, his character and what he thinks of us. And in those moments when we are the weakest and we are the most vulnerable, that's when we hear those lies the loudest. But what you said was so important. And we even have the the story of the woman caught in adultery. So we have that story, the true story, the real story of what God has to say there. Um, And that can go for any sin. And I think that's amazing. It paints a completely different picture of who God is. Absolutely. One of the um, early chapters in the book is about God's character and nature. It's so important that, you know, right from the beginning of the study that, that the participants understand who he is. You know, a lot of us will come to a study like this um, with a background in, you know, having been wounded by the church 
And so, or, or maybe we grew up, you know, thinking that, um, that God was the cosmic cop and he's, he's out to just get you. And that, that's not his, his character at all. That's not his nature. And um, when we understand that, that's when the healing can really start. How can men get in touch with you or to get this book and to get the help that they need? We just launched our abortion recovery and care website. And the web address is abortionhealing.org. So that's abortionhealing.org. And through that website, you can um, find, find the resources. So our men's book is available there. You can also find um, people that provide abortion recovery in your area. We are building a network of abortion recovery leaders across the country. And so there is a, a wonderful map and you go to that map put your zip code in, or if you have your location services on, on your computer or your cell phone, um, it will populate with the people around you that offer abortion recovery, whether it's a church or a pregnancy center or an individual ministry. Through the website, you can reach out to me and I can put the men in touch with like the guys who helped write the study. The four of those men have said it would be our privilege to walk with other guys through this. So um, through the website, they, you can connect with me and I will get you connected to another man that will walk with you. I'm going to also make it easy too. If you go to thefatherhoodchallenge.com, that's thefatherhoodchallenge.com. And if you go to this episode, look right below the episode description. I'm going to put the link there as well so that you can find it that way. So Jill, as we close, what is your challenge to men listening now? If you are a guy that has an abortion in your past, please, please work through an abortion recovery study. It will change your life. It doesn't have to be reclaiming fatherhood. There are, are several others out there. Just get connected. Um, if you are a man who doesn't have an abortion in your past, would you prayerfully consider coming alongside a guy that does? Would you consider volunteering at your local pregnancy center and mentoring young men? Um, would you raise your voice and, and fight for the voiceless? I am absolutely convinced that when men are healed from their past abortion, that they are going to be the tip of the spear in this fight. Um, we need those voices. We need those men to take back their mantle of leadership. But it's really going, this, this movement is really going to um, pick up speed when the men are healed. And, and like I said, when they can lead. Well, Jill, it has been an honor to have you on the Fatherhood Challenge. Thank you for being here, whether you have experienced an abortion and even if you haven't. It is helpful to understand this stuff so that we can actually reach out and be a good help and a resource to someone who has. So Jill, thank you so much for coming on the Fatherhood Challenge. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fatherhood Challenge. If you would like to contact us, listen to other episodes, find any resource mentioned in this program, or find out more information about the Fatherhood Challenge, please visit thefatherhoodchallenge.com. 
That's thefatherhoodchallenge.com.